Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu.
Hey, y'all. Hello. Welcome to Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. We are a weekly podcast where we have queer folks on from all walks of life. They tell us the tales of how they came out to friends, family, and the world at large. Because who doesn't love a coming out story? Uh, Today, we're so happy to have someone on the pod who we have been literally wanting to have on since the beginning since the inception of the pod uh we have Havlin Stillwell with us uh lovely actor singer producer uh, we're just so happy to have her welcome hi hi thanks for having me <laughs> uh Havlin, tell us a little bit about yourself uh sorry there Dobby is in the background if anybody can hear he's also very excited to have Havlin on anyway oh yeah sure he's a big fan <laughs> Yep. Well, I'm really happy about that. Um, my dogs are here as well, so at any given moment, they might be raising hell. Chiming Aww, in. My dog's out. here too! Yay. We're in full it's, dog capacity a- for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so you guys, you've been you've been slaying it with this podcast, and I wish this had existed when I was just a little, just a little girl growing oh, up. Yay being freaked out that I was definitely not straight. Yep. <laughs> Relatable. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. How, mm-hmm. how do you identify, in fact? Um, you know, it's really changed over the years as far as the mm. wording. Um, I mean, gay is always my fave just because, you know, gay Me is too. fun and it's happy. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I'm, queer is fine. Um, pan is fine. Um, that's a new word that didn't exist when I was coming out. Wish it had. Mm. Um, I identify with the she and her pronouns. Um, and, uh, and yeah, but I mean, usually I just, I always sort of thought like before queer was a thing, like it is now, like I always sort of thought gay was like encompassing of everything. Mm. Um, but now it's like our beautiful, our beautiful LGBTQIA plus rainbow. It's like so it's so inclusive now, and I love that. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. We've talked before about how gay does sort of still get used as, like, the colloquial. Like, Nicole, you've said that you'll you'll use gay at times, and you are, like, the biggest bisexual advocate in the universe. Oh, yeah. But sometimes you just want a real short little little spunky word to toss in there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, oh, God, what I did was just so gay. Or, yeah. like, you know, we're so gay or something. Like, But also, that it is really, I think it's generational, too. Like, that's it just... Really- it, really it just is, is yeah, a very generational thing to say. But yeah, no, I only had to start like actually editing that when I realized that people were taking me literally. And mm. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, like, like news outlets and things who were interviewing me. And I would, I would use it as an umbrella term and then realize yeah. that I was getting misidentified. And I was uh. like, oh, no, no, that's, that's, I don't I don't then want to be called like a turncoat if then I have a boyfriend next week and everybody's like but she was gay you know so that like, is really interesting though because yeah. it's like when I you know when I was growing up like um and y'all probably too um chasing Amy you know came out and that was such a Ooh, yeah. such a great movie in a lot of ways but but I remember just watching it and be like wow the hatred that's going towards her from like all angles you know wild um, right and and wild. that that made it harder to come out in some ways cuz it's like wow you really got to be sure you got to be sure of your label before Dude, you make an, an you yes. know a declaration like, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because, uh, and we will, yes, we will be discussing Happiest Season a little <laughs> later on. But yeah, yes. I like that movie feels now like it's like a thousand years old. And it oh my God, yes. And it 
isn't. And that's what like, and that's what's freaky. It's like, oh, wow, that was like where we were at not very long ago at all. I remember seeing that movie too. And that scene where all of our friends are just like, fuck you, bitch. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's like, it's really intense. And you get it. I mean, you get it, especially historically. I mean, I think this is why it's like, we all need to know our history and oh like my god i say that elders. all the time i'm always like know your history and then yeah. i go old. yes yeah i mean i mean i think that's super important um just because i get it and i understand why that was important to like really identify and really if you were you know because there is that stigma all the time of like well you know is she really gay though or is she gonna leave you know all of that i i get it i mean i'm just saying like it's crazy to, you're right it's crazy to watch it's that nuts. movie now but it's also um, wild that like the her being bisexual was never even like an option in that no. like it was just no. that movie feels no. like it's from like the 50s yeah. <laughs> and i'm not shitting on it it's just like those were the times also you know straight this guy wrote it but whatever I was it was it was an important movie <laughs> i interned for kevin smith so i can't really talk shit about him he's very nice but yeah wild that that movie is not that long ago just wild yeah Mm -hmm. if if you haven't seen chasing amy give it a watch (laughs) it'll make you furious under historical current context sure yeah it's it was an important movie very very um anyway but but anyway so okay cool so and i have a question a follow-up question to the to your identifiers so when you say um uh pan that that could be included in your identifiers and you wish that was around is that because i know people obviously are uh, adopt pan um uh in for many different reasons and i'm finding more and more that there's sort of a divide where like people who would before maybe have come out as bi are adopting pan but there's also I have several gay or lesbian friends adopting pan as a as a way to say, well, hey, I actually have found myself attracted to certain trans people, too. So I want that to be under the umbrella. But but still their sexuality doesn't really include like opposite gender cis person. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I mean, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's more like. there's an open mind and an open heart. Um, sure. And um, I think that that's part of, you know, when I get into my story, like I think that's um, part of why I think it was so scary for me to come out to myself first and mm. foremost mm. Um, because I didn't know how to identify my feelings. Um, and I felt like I needed to have some kind of like sexual experience in order to identify what my heart was feeling. Um, and so I knew long before I really came out, you know, just because I was so, so young and I was like, how are you supposed to know? You know, how are you supposed to make that declaration when you're inexperienced with, you know, dating and you're inexperienced with like speaking that language with another person or other people? So, um, so yeah, I, I sort of see it more as like, um, that's why I kind of give like gay pan whatever you know, yeah. um, and obviously like at this, I mean I'm married, but I also I'm an actor. I have to for a living fall in love with people on camera and on, in <laughs> theaters. So this is part of the job too. So you know I don't know. It's complicated. Um, yeah, I just I just more think like it, it's it's more of a broad definition. Um, but yeah, I'll get in. Yeah. I'll get into that in my story. 
Well, th- that's perfect. Spoiler alert for the next ten minutes. <laughs> so where? So where does your story start? I grew up in Georgia, and my my dad was a politician, a Democrat. Oh, thank wow. God, thank God, <laughs> um, and is still very active, and he loves politics, and he's amazing. Um, my mom um, was always in the arts, um, was a locations person and theater. She ran a theater, and then she went into casting. And also, interestingly enough, my mom was very, although she's definitely identifies as very straight, um, <laughs> she really balked a lot of the norms and, and the binary, I think, that, you know, she didn't even know. You know, now that we discuss these things now, she's like, oh, that's kind of how I was. Like, I didn't, huh. I didn't, you know necessarily ascribe to all of these rules about what women needed to look like or do or be your dress or whatever. Um, you know, my mom was much more kind of like punky and cool and, you know, everybody else was trying to dress like very preppy and whatever. And she was kind of like wearing like whatever the hell she wanted to wear and like doing her, like had a short hair and would bleach it and dye it purple and like wear crazy jewelry. And like, she was like, I don't, you know, so that was kind of the example of, um, you know, femininity, I guess, that I grew up around was like, you can kind of be um, cool and punk and whatever you want to be. And so part of like, even before I really knew what gay was or what, you know, anything other than heteronormative, I kind of just didn't relate to it. Um, You know, I can look back on pictures and see like, I was very girly. I play, I was obsessed with Barbies. I, you know, all of those like tropey things of like what's considered, you know, girly or feminine or whatever. Mm -hmm. I liked pink, you know, all of that. But it, I never was planning my wedding at a young uh-huh. age. I was never thinking, like, I want Prince Charming. Like, I was always like, ooh, what's the fabulous Wicked Queen wearing? I want to be her <laughs> friend, you know? Um, and, I mean, that's honestly, like, literally every, like, crush on, like, animated characters I ever had was, like, the bad girl, the villain. Uh, and now did as an you... adult, I play those characters. <laughs> Did you um did you have a thing for Jessica Rabbit? Were you Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean who did it? She was like my she was like my femme crush. Anyway. Yeah, obviously. Like... But also I was really into Roger Rabbit. And I was like, he's so oh, cute. He's so he funny so and goofy. They make so, a really good couple. Anyway. Completely. <laughs> um yeah, so I think the first time I I ever even heard the word gay, I was like about seven and we I was riding in my mom's car. And my brother, who's older than me, we were riding and they, I think my mom or my brother said something like, oh, and you know, he's gay or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I don't remember. One of them said, oh, it's if you're a boy, you like boys. And if you're a girl, you like girls. And it was just said very straight up, flat out, like no, non-emotional like that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, hmm. And the first thing I thought was like, why have I never heard of that before? Like, what is that? You know, and I'm like, do we know anybody who's gay? And my brother just like cracked up laughing because my mother, as I said before, ran a theater and was ah! dressing like Cindy Lauper. So, yeah, ah! he was like started to laundry list like all of her gay friends, ah! all of whom were male. But like, you know, I was like, oh, OK, you know, so I was like, OK, so gay people are fun and artsy and cool. All right. Got it. Got it. Note taken. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that I always kind of knew I always knew that I wasn't straight even though I didn't really know what that meant. And I think that's like what I was saying before. I think um, that was why it was so hard to kind of define anything because 
it was sort of like, well, I don't really know what that means. And I'm obviously like, uh, you know, 10 year old or whatever. Like, how would I, how am I supposed to know, you know, what I am based on all of these things, which especially at that time, we're talking the nineties here. Like it was so focused on like sex, sex, sex. It was all about that. And as my wife always says about coming out, you know, she says like, what's so hard is that like, we're having a conversation about our heart and everyone else thinks Mm. we're having a conversation about sex. Yes. So, you know, when you're young, especially, you're not necessarily like, yeah, totally, like, I'm really attracted to this or that. Like, when you're so young, you're like, actually, I have a crush on this person, and I just want to be around them. I don't know what that is exactly, but... Totally. um, Yeah, so, I mean, I I was... So, yeah, I think when I was about... When I was about 9 or 10, probably, I remember, like, I was just having a really rough time. My parents were going through a divorce, and... Mm. Um, I just blurted out one day when I was crying about a bunch of other things to my mom. I was like, and I think this, and I'm upset about this, and also I think I'm gay. And she was like, and she like started laughing because I was probably like very melodramatic in this moment, (laughs) in this like nine-year-old. That lends credence to you being gay then. She should have been like, oh, I should note that. No, she she (laughs) started laughing. She started laughing and was like, honey, I'm sure you, I'm sure you are. Like that, you know, and I was like, okay cool 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 like so okay crawling back in just that was like a little Uh test you know um and then around like 13 I did a I did a play um and I was working with like all these adults and there were a lot of gay actors in in the play and so at that point that was when I was just like okay I got my first like definite crush where it was like a definite like okay, this is what this is. I like Uh. this person. Completely inappropriate. Like, she was a full adult. Like, I was a full, you know, 13-year-old, and she was a full, like, (laughs) 30-something. So, But I was just, like, obsessed with her, and I was like, oh, my God, this is what this is. And, um, I, you know, I remember her talking about a guy she was dating, and I was so jealous of it. And she was just (sighs) like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I just, I don't think he's right for you. And I was just (laughs) like... And so, yeah, around that time, my brother was in college at this point, and I just kind of like tested. I think this is good for people, and I I advise people to do this now when they're kind of like in the process of kind of coming out, like to find one person who's trusted to kind of like test it out on, you know, a sibling or like best friend or something like that who they know is like probably safe territory. Yeah, softball. Yeah. And I, and so I told my brother and I just kind of asked him more like, Hey, like, have you ever like thought you might be gay or I don't know, like just something like I just made it sort of like whatever. (laughs) And he was just like, yeah, I mean, and to his credit, I have to say like my brother is so straight and like so straight, but like at the, at that moment he was just like in college. He's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I have, I have a friend who's like just came out and like, he's really cool. And I mean, yeah, I guess like for a second, I was like, I don't know, man, like, am I gay? And then he's like, and then I was like, no, I like girls, but like, you know, I mean, whatever, like people that are like, he just made it such a non-issue, which was great. And he's like, why do you ask? And I'm like, uh, I mean, I think like I might be, but I don't really know. And, and he just made it really safe. And he was just like, you know, it's cool. Like, I mean, he he really, like, he kind of followed up on it, like, a while later, but it was just not a big deal. 
And I think that super helped me because in my heart, it was such a big deal, you know? Um, Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, because, I mean, everybody who's listening to this probably knows, like, you're constantly negotiating with yourself and doing a sort of code switch with yourself, like, you know, of, like, how you are in your heart and then how you are with your friends and then how Mm -hmm. you are with, like, your family or with your you know church or whatever like there's always different like parts of yourself and when you're gay you have to be so careful all the time about like not letting something out especially Mm. I mean I I thankfully was in like a physically safe environment but Mm. I mean obviously we all know people who weren't so 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 yeah I mean that's why it's it's because I always know, like, I grew up in, in a privilege – I am aware of my privilege in terms of, um, you know, uh, growing up in a more liberal household and all of that. Um, but also, you know, that just goes to show you, like, it's it's scary for everybody. And, oh, and yeah. I mean, at that point, like, we really didn't have representation. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Ellen came yes. out, but again, like, we all saw what happened. Yeah, like, Ellen came bad. out and then she was like <laughs> – it yes. was real bad for her. Well, so and, Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is that even if your immediate family is accepting, there's that's one fraction of the world. Even yeah. if like even if the people who are most important in your life are are you know, accept you with open arms and granted like they are the most important, so that is wonderful and and that is a privilege. Um you still have the rest of the world to contend with. You still have the rest of your extended family to contend with. Right. It's very rare that every single person in mm-hmm. any given family is actually okay with all of this. Like Yeah, even, and we're also always told today. like, you know, okay, but don't tell your fill in the yes. blank grandmother, oh, aunt, so cousin, yes. you know. Yes. Yes. Don't say anything on Facebook. Don't say yeah. anything at the Christmas party. Don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, that, and like, also conditional acceptance. Yeah, and yeah. like play the pronoun game with potential employers, and uh-huh. you know, like be more guarded about it because, again, to the Ellen thing, right? Like, I mean, she didn't work for years yeah. as a yes. result, you know. And, so it's and, like you, mm-hmm. you can have this positive liberal acceptance within your family, yeah. but the world is a hell of a lot bigger than that. Yeah, you know? and and for anybody you know like us who like the three of us who it's like. You know, I knew I wanted to be an actor and I knew like to be able to work on the level that I wanted to and continue to want to work and strive towards, you know, I need people to like working with me and I need people yeah. to watch the things that I'm in. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. if I, I was just always like, oh, well, I don't want anything to stand in the way of that. Oh, I don't want yeah, anything yeah. about, you know, I don't anything that I can control because there's so much mm-hmm. we can't control as artists. Anything I can control, I don't want that to be a reason for somebody to be like, well, she can't play that part because, yep. you know, she's oh gay God, or yeah. she, you know. So I was I was acutely aware of that, you know, at, at all through my teen years. Um, yeah. But what helped me was um, so when I got into high school, my my school, which is a, an awesome school, um, it was one of the first GSAs um, like in the country. Oh, I think it wow. might have been the first in the southeast. Um, Hmm. but so that was super helpful. And I think also knowing, like I had, I had like a mentor who was a senior when I was a freshman and she was out at school as, and she was by, and she was out Wow! and she like straight up told me, you know, you don't have to know, you don't have to define yourself right now. And I was just, I'm such a person who like, I, you know, and, and having like a politician lawyer dad and like a mom in the industry, it's like, I'm very much 
I was taught like you need to have a point and then you ne- need oh, to have three God. to five sources to back it up. <laughs> like you can't just be like, mm, I like purple. Like somebody's like, okay, show us the purple you mean and send us links and That's we need to so know funny. your dissertation on the color purple. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's so funny, so yeah. I didn't feel ever like I could just be like, mm, I think I'm gay. And then them be like, well, that's a phase, you know, because I was uh-huh. like, I don't know. Is it a phase? I don't know if it is right now. I don't have the experience. And this um, really awesome girl who I'm still in touch with and she's oh, having wow. a wonderful life. Um, you know, she was just like, you really don't have to know that. It's fine. You know, relax. Like you can be whatever you are right now, and that can keep changing and evolving. Like yeah. you're 15. You know, it's cool. That's and so like also, that's cool. cool if you're 25 or 35 or 45 or whatever. And like, continue to feel that way. And that was just so freeing for me to kind of come to come to terms with that. Of like, oh, I don't have to have all the answers right now. I can I can figure it out as I go. Um. So. So a week after I graduated high school, I fell in love with a woman. I mean, I'll skip the part about how at my senior graduation party, like a lot of girl, there was a lot of kissing. I'll just say that. There was a lot of kissing. A lot of people who were like, I've always wanted to make out with a girl. And I was like, what's going on right now? Did they just pick that up for like. My dream. I can't believe. Oh, God. That's so great. It was really great. It was, it was great. It was a fun, it was a fun night. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, so I fell in love again, much older woman, much older woman. Um, I was 18. I had dated boys, you know, I dated much older boys. I dated a much, I dated a man. So I mean, I had, <laughs> so I mean, I was trying to figure it out, you know, and I was yeah. still kind of in this place of like, I don't have to know. I don't have to figure it out. Like, it's okay. I can just like, I can be honest with myself that I'm just figuring things out, you know? Um, so I fell in love. This woman was like definitely an out lesbian all the way, like, you know, had had pl- lots of relationships, was like a full, full on adult. Um, and that actually lasted for like three years. Oh and my think, gosh. Yeah. And I think part, I think part of that though was, um, and again, still friends. She's great. Lovely wow. person. Um, but I think part of that too, um, was, you know, it, it, it was helpful to be in a relationship because as I started coming out at this point, it was like, see, here's proof. That's how I'm I really felt. in a relationship. Exactly. Yep. Like, this isn't just like I'm kind of seeing someone like we're all the way in this. And and I'm in a part of my life where like most of my friends are like sleeping around and like being crazy, you know? Um, So, so yeah, when I think so during that time, I came out to my mom like pretty much right away. And we were driving. (laughs) Oh, another one. Another another in the car coming out. Yeah. There's a lot of driving. Um, Yeah. So we were driving and I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to tell you something. Um, Yeah. I just feel like um, I'm kind of like, I don't really think I'm like straight. And my mom, again, she's like, what? No, no. Uh... How do you, you're probably straight. And like, really like. They think they're helping, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's almost like maybe she thought like I hadn't been thinking about this consistently every day, all day for like uh, years, uh. you know? And I was like, um, no, I mean, I'm 
I'm definitely not straight. I Okay, I will be more specific. I am definitely not heterosexual. Um, and she's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, I'm dating someone. And then we got into it. But it was like just really uncomfortable because I go back to like, it's like you know that your parents are like picturing you having sex. Yeah, and they're just yeah, like, ew, yep. ew. You know, like, and I'm like, also, ew. Like, nobody wants to talk about that. And also, I'm not talking about that. I mean, sure, that's definitely part of what I'm talking about, but I'm not talking about that with my mom. I'm like talking about like my heart and, you know, information. So, um, she ended up being cool with it and luckily really liked my girlfriend and they super got along and all Mm -hmm. of that, which was, which was helpful. But I mean, I think it was mainly just like awkward and uncomfortable for a while. Um, and you know, to be honest, like I was advised from, like, her and my brother, like, not to tell my dad. I think they were just so scared. Like, I think they thought, you know, what if he, like, freaks out and this and that. Like, why don't you just get through college and, like, get out of college and then you can kind of figure out. Like, I I mean, I know it came from a place of being protective, um, but also, you know, it it just kind of made me more scared. So, again, I was kind of in this, like, when I was at school in college, like, Everyone knew I was gay. It was, you know, I was very out, whatever. But then I'd kind of come home and I'd be around him. And I'm also very close, very close with my dad. So it also mm-hmm. felt very weird and dishonest yeah. and kind of like, here's this big part of me. And he just thinks like, you know, this girl is my really good friend who oh comes to God. visit me at school all the time. Like, you know, in New York from Georgia. Like, you know, it was just very, um, a lot. Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli. And it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here's some facts. Factor 
They make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So yeah. at, at a certain point around when I was 21, I was just like, I can't keep – like, I can't – this is ridiculous. Like, I need to just tell him and if if he stops loving me or whatever, like, I just have to – and I was really – that was my primary concern. I was just like, oh, he's going to see me as a different person or he's not mm-hmm. going to – something's going to change, you know, and mm-hmm. I just didn't want that. So we were walking on the beach and, um, and I said – dad, I, I got to tell you something. And he's like, is everything okay? And I said, yeah, I just, um, I just got to tell you something. It, it's really, it's been weighing on me and, um, and, and I don't, I don't really know how to tell you other than just to like come out with it. But I'm afraid that what I'm going to tell you will change the way you feel about me or the way you see me. And that's like the most terrifying thing I can think of. And, my dad who's like not a dramatic person. He's like the nicest person you've ever met. He was just like, honey, nothing you could say could ever make me not love you or not like care about you or see you as a different person. I'm, I'm going to love you forever no matter what you're going to tell me. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I told him, I'm like, and I just said, I'm, I'm I, at that point I said, I'm, I'm gay. I have a girlfriend. I've had a girlfriend for a while. I'm really sure about it. This isn't a phase. This is who I am. There's lots of other parts of who I am that you know well, but I'm tired of keeping this part Mm. from you. And I'm ready for, like, whatever that means. And he Mm. just, like, hugged me. Uh. And, you know, he's like (laughs) – then he said – I mean, to be honest, honey, I kind of knew. Uh, <laughs> I was, was going like, to ask. Yeah. I was going to ask. I yeah. know that 
that's the thing. That is the thing is that like granted, obviously parents can be in denial about stuff. Humans can be in denial about stuff. We do a great job of that when we really want to. Um, but but I think like over and over and over again, we <laughs> we underestimate the amount that our parents actually yeah. know about us like and underestimate really their underestimate like their um just intuitiveness but also yes. just their love like i yes i underestimated my dad's capacity to love and that mm-hmm. is i was disappointed in myself for that um well you are influenced heavily influenced sh- not to yes. yeah yeah rough. i mean obviously but i just thought you know and then of course there were subsequent conversations which were kind of icky about like let's not tell yeah. all of these other relatives who are republicans yeah. um yeah. and who are you know quote unquote christian and all of that kind of stuff so there was that but but you know but i mean i guess it's sort of like the kind of the end of the coming out story is that like we're always coming out right like i mean I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty like femme presenting person and I'm an actress and I've also, you know, gone through all the phases of like trying to get jobs and doing whatever I can to be mm-hmm. the most marketable and to look mm-hmm. the most marketable and all of that. Um, so, you know, we're constantly coming out literally yes. all the time, every day. Um, and even, you know, I mean, even after getting married and saying, you know, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm married or this or that in, in context of whatever with a customer service person or at a store or whatever. And they're just like, oh, so your husband is, but like just the assumptions that are constantly made. Uh And, um, but, but I do have to say like the marriage thing definitely helps because it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a flat, it's a flat line period end of statement thing of like, you're married and that's how it is. And no one can argue that with you or try to think that like, (laughs) oh, you're not really, or like, you know, yeah, they can't um, be like, but you're yeah. too pretty to be gay. And it's like, like, no, yeah, but they do, but they do, but they say it. I'm sure they do. And and <laughs> I've started now, like when people say that, I've started being like, so you don't need to insult my entire community in order to give me a compliment. Nice. Oh, yes. like that. I like that. Yeah, it's like I'll take I'll take the two I'll take the pretty compliment, but not if it's like to slap the face of like all my beautiful sisters in all of their beautiful rainbow from like the highest frim to the butchiest butch. Like, (laughs) let's fucking go, ladies. You're all hot, you know? Yes, (laughs) I agree with that. Well, and that's actually kind of a perfect segue. So, like. I one of the things uh, before we get into happiest season, just um, <laughs> putting that out there again. Uh, uh, but one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is like, you know, I know, God, I relate to the like to the how do I make myself marketable? Like what? Like you know, how can I how can I pitch to this person that I can play X Y Z role that I am versatile, but that I am I am able to uh, adapt to what they need me to be in this thing here now um it is amazing the the well just types in general that hollywood plays with but certainly that even now with all the talk of diversity and inclusion and etc that like there is still such an idea about what gay looks like like just such a it is Mm -hmm. unbelievable like, yeah. and I just don't know when we're going to shed that. 
I don't I don't see an and personally as somebody like on the inside who's going out in you know on auditions and things all the time and reading breakdowns and and seeing who else is going out like I don't see an end to that right now no, and I, I mean, don't either and it it you know and we talk a lot about like you know quote unquote authentic authenticity in casting and I wanted to talk to you about that because it it feels like you probably have a different perspective on that since uh <laughs> you don't get cast as gay often and you authentically are so and it is and and it largely is because you are femme presenting and there's got to be an element of frustration to that but also do you feel like on the flip side there is a privilege to that or like how do you feel about that it just in general um so it used to be incredibly frustrating to me um, yeah. because, you know, it was kind of like I I felt that I was missing out on opportunities because I was gay and also that particularly gay filmmakers, most, yeah. <laughs> most of all gay filmmakers, were not casting me because I didn't present gay enough. Um, and, um, and I'll just, I'll just say it right now. It's mostly been the gay filmmakers who have been the biggest problem, honestly. And so this year, my wife, who's a gay filmmaker, wrote a freaking gay ass role for her wife. And I freaking went and did it. So, (laughs) because I was like, you know, and, and I'm like all the way gay. I cut my hair off. I like, am like wearing vests. I'm like wearing, I've got a cuff. Oh shit, you went full I've got vest. multiple piercings, <laughs> multiple tattoos. We like went all the way gay. Um, so but you know, but it's just, to, it's just to, to say like, it's almost like you have to literally throw it. And, and Nicole, I've seen you do this with like even photo shoots you've done and stuff that I'm just like, oh, I love that you're like pushing that envelope to be like, yeah, I have long hair here, long blonde hair and you know, whatever cleavage and this and that. And then in another shoot, you're like, and here I am in a, in a full suit with like a buzzed head. And I'm like, <laughs> I love that about you. I think that's Thank so you. fucking rock star. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think, so I don't know. I mean, on out in, out in the world of like the kind of more mainstream stuff, I think it is becoming a little more open. Um, but it is, it is kind of weird because mm. it's like even – I don't know. We'll see what happens because now I've just only begun starting the audition process with now this look that I'm carrying. It's like short hair and whatever. I love it. So it's now it's like, you know, different people are like, ooh, you can play gay now. And I'm like, you know, I could before, but um, sure, sure, sure. It's such a, it's (laughs) like, I feel like I I could count on one hand the number of times I've gone out for a gay role. And and it's always like, oh, the web series or so. Like, I would never get like a commercial gay role. And yet I have straight friends who are consi- who are like, oh yeah, I always go out for lesbian roles. Some of which I could say names of characters they've played and people listening would know the characters. And it's like, that is so fucking frustrating and yeah. unfair. I mean, and it you know, sucks. I think, I think, <laughs> like, that, I think there's, there's something to be said for like, I, I absolutely don't think only gay actors should play gay, char- like gay roles. I don't, I do I'm not think that. Way, yeah. No, um, no, no. I don't. I just like d- just the fact that it's but like you should have this the chance. idea of what gay looks like. 
that like I have friends who are consistently yeah. going out for gay roles because Hollywood or whoever has decided that they look gay and then I would never ever get to audition for anything like right. that because Hollywood I mean, has also decided it's just I don't the, look the gay. point shouldn't be so much on like what we look like because it's really more of an energy thing. There's absolutely no reason if there's a if there's a character that's definitely gay and they're they're definitely playing a gay storyline that 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 casting directors should not actively like look at the actors available who fit you know the age range who fit the like ethnicity who fit whatever is specific to the story obviously like whatever's mm-hmm. in you know what the writer's vision is the director's vision all of that but you know we should get the chance and if if yes. they don't find that <laughs> then fine you know if like if if they find a different actor who's who's not queer and you know then no problem um but it's about I, getting in the room, yeah. Exactly. It's like just cast the net a little wider. Right. Yeah. Well, and slip, slippery slope is the no, exact perfect. That's the exact segue. term that Kristen Stewart used recently when interviewed about this exact thing. Um, yeah. No, I, I actually did see this pop up because I had been like googling happiest season stuff, and then my Google alerts start sending me things because they're tracking my every move. Um, sure. mm-hmm. Yeah, but like she she recently said when asked about the authenticity in gay people playing gay characters. Um, uh, she sort of, <laughs> she definitely went diplomatic on this or the other way that you can look at this is she went nuanced, I, unclear. Anyway, she went well coached. I think she went, well, she went. yes, well coached is probably the way that she went, but she said, um, I would never want to tell a story that really should be told by somebody who's lived that experience. Kristen said, which by the way, is an incredibly subjective comment in and of itself but anyway um having said that it's a slippery slope conversation because that means i could never play another straight character if i'm going to hold everyone to the letter of this particular law um yeah she went on to admit that she believes the whole thing is a quote-unquote gray area we need to have our finger on the pulse and actually have to care there uh if you're telling a story about a community and they're not welcoming you then fuck off but if they are and you're becoming an ally and a part of it and there's something that drove you there in the first place that makes you uniquely endowed with a perspective that might be worthwhile there's nothing wrong with learning about each other and therefore helping each other tell stories yeah and i also think you know also i i i don't think writers should only write about, you know, their gender, their ethnicity, their, you know, sexuality, their whatever. I don't, I I think like artists are artists. We should, we should write about what we want to write about and make, and make things that we are drawn to make, Um, you know, but, but that should be taken into consideration. And in, in terms of these like big mainstream things, which I think is kind of what we're focused on, like these large scale, big money, big mm-hmm. box office kind of mm-hmm. scenarios, um, for sure. I mean, I mean, everyone should be looking to, you know, to cast as authentic authentically as possible but yeah i mean it's saying like telling someone's story that you have i mean that is a very it's you you get to a certain point where you're like what how many questions do we have to ask this actor about their personal life like we are actors and we do play roles and we do we study human behavior in order to play these roles and we do our research and you know i mean 
we're not just we're not reality stars who are playing a version of ourselves. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I think it it comes yes. down a lot to like seeing people and the casting because it's like you know up until very recently like it was it was considered like like chill to cast someone of a different ethnicity who looked enough like the ethnicity of the character like that was done very regularly and now we're like oh hey we probably shouldn't do that but it's just but it's like how many people did you audition who were that actual ethnicity? Because I bet zero, like back at the time that we were doing It's just, I like get people in the room. I said it before, cast the net wider. Like I do think, I just think that it's, I think that uh, media tends to be very limited in what it is willing to sort of like make an effort towards. Sure. Um, but but she, I do think yeah, it's getting better. Like, I, I, I do it's think it's getting better. better. It's getting I do much too. better. I, I do think though that we need to be careful like with something that she said that I, I bumped up a little bit against in that quote is, you know, um, if you're telling a story about a community and they are not welcoming you, then fuck off. I'm not sure what I she think means by that. I, I, at first read, I did not know what she meant by that. And then I thought about it. I think what she means is if, like, if, say, uh, a straight male filmmaker let's say is coming in and saying i want to tell the story of these two lesbians and then the lesbian community is in a motherfucking uproar about it and it's like no we don't want your lens on this um then she's saying that filmmaker should fuck off is i think like that's the that's the point that she's making but i and why i'm taking issue and why i'm seeing Mm -hmm. issue being taken in both of your faces right now (laughs) is because the the issue with that is who represents the community is it just the loudest voices online yelling about it because right. that that is where the issue comes in is like who is the community that's weighing in on this is it just the people who are going to get angry online are those the people who are always going to speak for our community oh, in man. in anything and like i know we've talked about this at nauseum on the podcast so we don't have to but like i do think that when we any of us are speaking quote unquote for the community uh we have to recognize that not everybody in our community feels the same way about things and there are certainly i mean point blank there are there are going to be people who are very happy to see femme representation and there are going to be people who are who want to see butch representation and those two things are going to come in conflict and have come in conflict sometimes and Mm -hmm. neither of those parts of the community are incorrect or represent the community more Mm. than the other part um so yeah i mean it is so complicated and so sticky and we are literally like smack in the middle of it like we have no perspective because we are mired down in it and it's like it's tricky i definitely don't have answers i've said repeatedly that i don't i all i know is i don't want to live in a world where rachel vice is not allowed to play gay because she's not really gay like i can't sign (laughs) off on that so i have mixed feelings it's a complicated multi-layered issue but i mean Happiest season, I will say that watching it, I did, and you know this, Nicole, because I was drunk, and, like, every time, like, two queer actors were having a conversation, I was like, oh, my God, it's two queer people playing queer, and they're talking, and they're really queer, and that was exciting. 
Similarly, though, Victor Garber, who plays uh, uh, Mackenzie Davis' character. father. Yeah, mm-hmm. playing a straight character who is an out gay man. And if you don't know Victor Garber, he's been working for decades. He's an amazing actor and has played straight. He's played gay. He's played everything. So I loved that as well. Like, mm-hmm. what a great... What a great thing to have in a movie. It's like queer people playing queer, a queer guy playing straight. I don't think there were any examples of straight people playing queer in this that I can think of off the top of my straight head. Straight people. Like, it wasn't, isn't Mackenzie Davis straight? Oh, great. Great example. Yes. Oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Uh-oh. Lauren forgot one of the leads in the movie. That doesn't bode well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but yeah, I was so, like, surely she's straight, right? So we ran the gamut in that movie, which I think is so fucking cool. I just forgot because once you've played gay twice, in my mind, I'm like, you're kind of gay. I'm like, she's in San Junipero. Come on. Like, she's honorary gay at this point in my well, brain. And so so this is the point, in case you guys hadn't picked up on the story, this is the point in this episode where we are going full review of Oh yeah, if you haven't seen it yet. I mean, you've seen it. Okay, you've you've seen it. You've seen it. Um, But there will be spoilers ahead. So uh, in these last few minutes. But also, you know what happens if you've ever seen a Christmas movie in your entire life. Also, that's true. Um, And I think what's great is that now, uh, knowing this, uh, we have have three different perspectives on this movie here. Uh, I, yeah. (laughs) Haviland, how did you feel about it? I loved it. It's yeah. my favorite Christmas movie now ever. <laughs> I loved it so much. I loved it so much. I loved I loved Kristen Stewart in it. I loved everything she wore. I wanted everything she wore. Oh. Just let's take note of that. Um, mm. I, I mean, I, I loved the cast. I thought they were amazing. Dan Levy can literally do anything. Like, literally, he, can, mm. he like, stands there and makes me laugh. Like, I just am, yeah, I can't be so more obsessed with him charismatic he's just the best um and like you said you know you'd be watching two queer actors talking about queer stuff in a in a major you know mainstream film but also it was like so many things that they were talking about were just so on point that i feel like all of us in a mainstream way are like yes that yes that over and over and over that like you know, they managed to, I mean, they, and by they, I mean, Clea Duvall, who I worship, the ground she freaking yeah, right. walks on because, but I'm a cheerleader, mm-hmm. because, but I'm a cheerleader, because, but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> She's, yeah. I'll, I, I, I mean, this is what I'm saying about, like, knowing your, like, knowing your history, because that queen was doing yep. gay pictures before it was okay, before and it was, was safe, before anything out. was okay. So. So early in the game. Like, she has been out for fucking ever when people were not out. So if anyone comes for Claire Duvall, I will meet them out back. I'm obsessed with her. No, I think she's a queen, and I love her. And I... I literally, like, like Reed and I both said, I was like, yeah, literally if Clea Duvall called me or somehow got in touch with me and asked me to literally do anything for her creatively, like, 100%. I'd be like, yes, when do you need me there? I'm so there for you. What What do you need? How can I help? Um, just to say that on record right here in case Clea Duvall listens to your podcast. <laughs> I saw her once at the Silver Lake Trader Joe's and we made eye contact. So she's, okay. I mean, she's around. She's around. So I feel like she's, I feel like that probably means she's listening right now. Sam. Uh, we're just we're um, broadcasting to all of silver lake right now um yeah, but totally so okay yeah, so i just think you... I, just th- I thought it was great i loved it 
five also, star Also, it's review. a Christmas movie. So anything that was like a little bit like, mm, would that really happen? It's sure. like 100%. the answer I have is watch any Christmas movie. Of course. Anything can happen. Of it's course. about the magic. Yes, I I, I I agree with that. Know the, know the genre that you're critiquing. <laughs> you know, like, right. yeah. Um, Lauren, your perspective? Oh, thank you. Um, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I am saying this as someone who is obsessed with cheesy Christmas movies. Um, if anyone follows me on Twitter every year around this time, I do a hashtag called Flansmas, where I watch nonstop made-for-TV Christmas movies and live-tweet them. Because as a Jew, the Christmas movie is something I was denied in my childhood and I'm now obsessed with. And I like crappy ones. Like, that's important to note. I'll watch Mm -hmm. a good one, but I'd rather have a crappy one. So, like Havlin was just saying, a lot of the criticism of this movie, I'm like, y'all need to get hip to what Christmas movies are. Because this very deliberately hit specific tropes, and that is what a Christmas movie does. Um, Do I think the script had problems? absolutely (laughs) like are there some things about the film that i was like "Mm, i don't love that sure but overall i think this is such a good uh we'll call it a foot in the door movie like i think what people really need to understand is this is the first major studio mainstream queer rom-com i don't even think it's, it's just girls Christmas and it's rom-com. women yeah it's girls and we, we skipped got the to white do guy jump and went st- and went straight to the white girl thing like usually there's a and it's a female director and it's two female writers like do you guys like it's so like for people listening who are not in the industry it is so freaking hard to get your yes. project screenlit especially oh, yeah. when you're queer especially when you're a woman it is so much harder yeah she's talking like but like a major movie that, like, everybody on Wednesday, you know, was... Yeah, oh. Like, my sister-in-law was texting me, like, can't wait to watch this movie. Like, it was all the way out See, there. Like, I it think, was very, very mainstream. I think I'm not aware that that's the case because... I don't know any straight people who've watched it yet. Well, see, that's the thing. And we can talk about that because as someone with predominantly straight friends, I know off the top of my head two straight couples who have already seen it, which is also, P.S., the brilliance of making it a Christmas movie because that's how you're going to get straight people to watch it more than if it was just like. I agree with the, with the like. And it's like kind of a family movie. Like, there's not really cursing. There's no sex. Like, there's no... It's very, yeah, like, I'm, you, like a I little kid could watch it. <laughs> it's very PG, PG, PG. It way more makeouts. As well, I remember yeah. saying drunk during our viewing party. It needed way more makeouts. But anyway, okay, Nicole, go ahead. Um. So, okay. So I'm uh, going to be the Grinch here. Um, <laughs> I... To just continue with the Christmas, the Christmas theme. Um, Look, I there's a lot that I've forgiven it because of the genre. I totally, totally uh, agree with that. And um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hold a Christmas movie to the same standard that I'm going to hold a lot of other movies to. That's just, I'm just not. So, um, so there's, there's that. Uh, I. I'm not a Kristen Stewart fan, so we can all know that ahead of time. Um, <laughs> I think we know but, that. Yeah, but at the same, but at the same time, I wasn't. Um, uh, it's not like she ruined it for me or anything like that. Like I, not at all. Um, I sort of turned that part of my brain off and just was like, all right, I'm just watching this. My <sighs> okay. 
I think the same reason that it is finding mainstream success or that it was able to be made into a mainstream film and and picked up by networks is the reason that I feel like I didn't like it and it was a betrayal <laughs> is that oh. it felt like a an extremely hetero lens on a coming out story to sure that's how it felt i felt like straight people think that we're all just bumbling around and like terrified of telling our conservative families because that we just want them to love us and granted like all of us have elements of that in our stories i'm not I'm, i'm really not saying that but it feels like the only story that some heterosexual people know about queer people is like a coming out that involves some traumatic i want you to love me thing and that there are very few other queer stories or or elements of queer life that heterosexual people understand or know about except for coming out to heterosexual people where heterosexual people are still like the main point of conflict in these gay people's lives and it puts them at the center of the story in a way Mm -hmm. and and that to me I just have no interest in seeing that again. I just don't. And like I say this as somebody who is the co-host of a coming out podcast. Like yeah. I hey, just yeah. But like but like part of why <laughs> no, I, I like our podcast and part I of the, the 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 aim of our podcast is to put pe- queer people at the center of their own stories, right? Like I mean that's mm-hmm. like that's a huge mm-hmm. part of it and to talk about queer issues, right? From a queer lens. And I just felt like even though this was a queer filmmaker, I it it just felt like it had so many so much hetero lens influence into it that I just have no interest. I just don't have any interest in seeing that story. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Um and I think I think I mean I think though what Lauren is saying that it's kind of like the foot in the door. I mean, I certainly watched it, and I thought Kristen Stewart's story was the central story. Like, that's kind of what I was following yeah. more. oh, definitely. And, like, you know, and I also hear the people who, that say, like, they thought, I definitely, like, if it weren't a Christmas movie, Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza would have ended up together. Oh, but it's a Christmas movie. Right. But it's so, a Christmas you know, movie, y'all. It's you a Christmas have movie. to know how it's yeah. going to shake out. Look, okay, yeah. I'm going to say some harsh truths now. And I want to I want people to know that these are facts. Facts are not good. Facts are not bad. Okay. Facts are they neutral. Just are. They simply they just exist are. as facts. So here's the deal. Queer people make up a very, very small part of the population. Yeah. I know we all live online and or on the coast and we think like queer, 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 queer. That is not a fact. If you look at statistics, and there's a lot of different ones floating around, and yes, statistics aren't fully reliable. Some people aren't out, blah, blah, blah. No one fills out the census when they're supposed to, etc. But we are talking <laughs> less than a quarter of the population, okay? So you need to keep that in mind. We are a small subset of the population. Now, another thing that has been a great frustration of mine online is that I am seeing people make arguments that exist under imagined circumstances as opposed to the world that we actually inhabit. 
We live in a country and largely a world that is based on capitalism. It is based on <laughs> yes. money. It is, that is a fact. Again, you can argue it's good, you can argue it's bad, but it is a fucking fact, okay? So literally money makes the world go round. And if you take issue with that, which most of us do, awesome, work to dismantle capitalism. But that's what you yeah. have to do first before you're going to make a lot of the arguments you're making because they don't hold water. I don't want to hear the utopian version of the argument for like why this movie should have been this, that, and the other thing. This is the first... Now, and I think what people don't realize is this is not a Hulu movie. We live in COVID. This was scheduled for wide theatrical release. Sony mm -hmm. and TriStar are yeah. major studios. It got purchased by Hulu in the whole COVID fallout thing. That's why it's on Hulu. This was a major movie, and that is a huge deal. Like, again, we live in these amazing, beautiful queer bubbles. But if you go to, like, a lot of places in the country... I guarantee you, they they don't know what pansexual means. Oh, like right. these no. terms right. are not no. even something like cis. A good friend of mine was defining it for her husband, and she defined it incorrectly as straight passing. And I had to be like, no, 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 that's not what, what cis means. And this, yeah, and this yeah. is a girl who who lives in LA, who has tons of queer friends who I met doing a queer show, but she just didn't. She just didn't know. She was like, oh, my bad. I thought it meant that. Like, we need to sure. remember what a yeah. lot of the world is. So for all the problems that this movie had, they it needs we need to get on the board. OK, like we didn't have our our barbershop franchise in the early 2000s. It was like, oh, a movie with an all black cast can actually be very commercially successful. And like, let's make two more of them or Best Man Holiday. Like we have not had those. Queer people, like, Love, Simon is the first thing that, like, straight people are like, oh, this is a movie I've heard of. Like, we need to keep that in perspective, okay? Like, we are a very small subset of the population. I guess, I guess I just, I just know there are so many rich, worthy stories that provide representation for queer people that aren't that aren't insider baseball stories that aren't like queer centric queer community that's not what i'm saying because I agree with you. because because really like that's a different conversation and i agree there needs to be accessibility in something like this like this, whatever story need, this being told needs to be universal enough that it reaches across lines of sexuality and gender so i'm 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 with you there um I just like this, the, like the movie that I would have rather seen was like if we're gonna do a Christmas movie, I'd rather see like, like you know, a Christmas story or you know, National Lampoon's like the Griswolds, except with lesbian mothers. Like that would have been fucking hilarious to me. I would have loved. But now to the see door's that. open for that. Yeah, you know, I just you know, now no, the door's open to go I, and like not have to crowdfund. Yeah that yes but mm -hmm. like Amen. to be able to say like hey we need yeah. you know two million dollars to make this no and, I, and, I hear you yeah i mean i hear you and i think the other thing is just like i the whole time i was like i i, I and this part of it would have helped me greatly if I understood why those two people were together in the first know, place, it would have my I probably would it. have forgiven other elements of this that I didn't like or that wouldn't have been my speed. You know what I mean? Um, if they had done um, more legwork to explain to us why these two people were together i know because the, the problem place. is they literally do it in the opening credits with drawings so like you don't even really get so as an audience member you have yeah. to buy in a lot and you have to do a lot yeah. of your own script writing in your head yeah 
Um, because like, if you're working under the assumption, like, okay, these people have a really amazing, solid relationship and have had a wonderful relationship, healthy relationship for over a year. And this is the one aberration. Then you can buy in a lot more. But again, you but have to do all that work on stories your own. all the time. Oh, listen, I you agree. Go like, like, why that's... in the world are they are those two oh, together? And you're just I like, think well, because being... that's what we've all agreed to buy into. Yeah, it's being held you know. to a standard that I think is like banana pancakes. I mean, are you surprised? I <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, also for the first movie of this kind that we're going to get, they are going to go the most bland, middle-of-the-road route. They just are. It's no, going to be white. It's going to be rich. It's going to be pretty. It's going to be femme. Like, that is just... And again, that is a fact, okay? That is just how the fucking world works. And it sucks, and capitalism is dumb, but I can't have arguments that don't take into consideration that that is literally not just how the world works, but how the film industry works times eight billion. And my thing is, like, okay... If you want to change that, which I hope you do, it's not because everyone is like, write your own movie. Yes, write your own movie. But you think writers have power? Like, ha ha ha. I will laugh in your face for that. What you need to do is like then start establishing scholarship funds or paid internships for for queer college kids and get a fucking seat at the table. Get in those positions of power Mm. because that's how things are going to change. Ryan Murphy made Nip Tuck long the fuck before he made Glee and Pose and all I was that because he was just playing about to say that. the game. Yeah. And queer women a lot of the times don't want to play the game because we have a lot of purity tests. That is my opinion. Gay dudes are more comfortable with selling out than we are. And I think that's why they have made bigger strides in yeah. terms of mainstream shit. Drag me. Well, I know that's a controversial statement. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't. I think that 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 makes a lot of sense. And, and it sucks. I, it, look, but that's the are, way the game works. There are things that uh, here. Here's what I really enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoyed Jane. She was delightful. Yes. Okay. She was delightful. That character. Yes. Um, I enjoyed Dan Levy and I loved that he was the voice of reason of being like, wait, hang on. What? Like, what's happening? Um, and he's just great. I uh, I let's see there was something else there was something else that i really liked about this movie there was a no there was another thing yes it was pretty it was all the tropey christmas stuff that was you know fun to look at um and uh i liked the rare moments when Kristen stewart showed emotion so that was (laughs) those were those were good too so there were things I liked about it. I'm not trashing the whole thing. It's just, you know, like it, it, this is a case for me where it's to each their own. I'm not getting on any on Twitter totally. platform and being like, this should have been made because I totally no, disagree with that. No, and God bless that. you because like no. the, just some uh, of the people saying some of the things, I'm like, and this is why we won't get another one for a decade. Like, <laughs> I just... Like, sorry, dude, that's the way the world is structured. You got to prove that you're marketable. By the way, here's another super controversial statement. If you are somebody who rails against pink capitalism, you cannot then turn around and be mm. like, this movie was was too like mainstream and white and hetero and all those things. Because guess what? Those fucking things go hand in hand. Like, you, we have to prove that we have money that people want before they are going to make things for us. So it's like, we can't pretend that we live in this world where these things aren't factors. They just are. I also think it sucks. Do not get me wrong, but I'm a realist. (laughs) So I'm like, 
yeah, let's get this movie fucking, let's have it make a bunch of money. Let's have it be a Crazy Rich Asians, a Black Panther, a Wonder Woman, and then let's get other ones that are better. I think this is a great start. I really do. Yeah, I also think that we all need to take a page out of Haviland's book on this one, really, in the sense that, like, if it brings you joy, just fucking let it bring you joy is the other Agreed. part of it. Like, even though, of course, like, I was the one who initiated a, a, a conversation wherein we critically reviewed this film, uh, <laughs> I I will also completely back up and contradict myself and say that, like, it'd be really... It'd be really nice if if sometimes we just didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, oh if sometimes God, we no. just decided that we were going to let a thing be what it is, and that's it. And it doesn't have to be representative of every human. It doesn't have to be making yeah. all the points and all the statements. It doesn't have to cover every social movement it doesn't have to it, it like it doesn't have to check all the boxes like it genuinely can just be what it as long as it's not being harmful actively harmful like it can truly just be what it is and yeah. like and sometimes when you're actively shitting on something over and over and over again online <laughs> you're really raining on someone else's parade I, i've already seen one person be like this movie helped me i just came out to my parents Aww, and it's like that's yay. a fucking net positive that's great and, yeah i don't know i think everyone should go into the new year just deciding that like you're you're not gonna you're just you're just gonna be a little nicer about people that are like putting yes. all their shit on the line for you you know like if yes. you're if you're if you're spending your time online just like shitting all over everyone's work like just stop yes. just stop just for yeah, like the year do just that. make it a thing for yourself and be like <laughs> what if if I have a negative opinion about another especially like queer filmmaker or another like people, you know, whatever, like people that are obviously doing their best and like trying to make like all three of us here can tell all of you, it is so hard to make your things. It's so oh, hard. God, There's so many hard. obstacles. You know, this is why all of us aren't just like living in mansions and like working at corporate jobs because like mm -hmm. we've all just, we've all wanted to follow our passion and we've wanted to take massive emotional and financial and all of the other things, risks, in order to, you know, um, tell these stories and take these risks and provide entertainment. And, you know, wouldn't the, wouldn't the world in the interwebs be such a more fun place to hang out if people were just, if, if we focused on, which I try to do, focus on the enthusiastic people, the fans, the ones who make crazy fun videos, the ones who go like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this show or this actor God or this, yeah. this yeah. website or whatever. Like, yeah. like let's practice more joy and enthusiasm. And I don't want to sound like, be positive, guys. Like, I'm not trying to be like that. But I'm also just being like, it's been such a hard year. Right? Why not help yes. ourselves out by being like, it's a Christmas movie. It's yes. fun. Like yes. that, let that be an example of all of the other things. Like what you're saying, Nicole, it's not harmful. It didn't hurt anybody. So like, exactly. if it's not hurting anybody, like it's just there to bring joy and happiness. And like, let's freaking harness that wherever we can. 
Yes, and if it's not your Amen. thing, you have so much other media then right now. Don't talk. Then, <laughs> then just don't say anything about it. Who cares? Don't say anything. If it's and not go your watch thing. Fine. Else. Go yeah. watch Haviland <laughs> and Biffle. It. Go watch Haviland and Biffle. Exactly. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, just to wrap this up, Haviland, where can people find you online, and what can they see you in? All that good stuff. So my website, HavilandStillwell.com, has all my social links, which is easy. But also there aren't a lot of Havilands, so it's not super hard to find me. Um, I'm on Instagram at Haviland. It's H-A-V-I-L-A-N-D, like Disneyland, but Havieland. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Um, Dollywood. You know, you can really just make a lot of... Dolly Parton and I have the same birthday. Just saying. Oh, shit. This is going to help you remember how to find me. Um, Twitter is Miss Haviland. And, you know, I'm responsive and I like nice people. So, you know. And I don't I don't like people that aren't nice, but I'll just yeah, ignore you. Yeah. So. If you're not nice, you stay the hell away from Haviland or I will meet you outside. <laughs> and when I'm done She's with the person you who was taking on Claire Duvall, yeah, then I'll take you on. I'm taking everybody on. I'm very riled up. <laughs> Um, amazing, amazing. Uh, I am at Nicole Payson on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Lauren Flans on Twitter, Lauren underscore Flans on Instagram. We are at Coming Out Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our hashtags are hashtag Coming Out Pod, hashtag, hashtag found, found Ricky. Ricky. Shout out to our patrons: Zet, Janice, Jim W, Kim, Adri, Sarah, BeyondClexa.com, Simone, Kaz, Tanya, Jolene, Manda, Mandy, Tia, Sarah Wilson, Pooh, We Bleed Philly, Brittany Ray, Sammy, Helen, and former guests Karen Smiley, Vanessa Hunt, and Kirsten Vangsnes. Uh, if you would like to join that list or any of our tiers of giving, go to patreon.com slash coming out pod and you will see uh, you, you will see all that we offer, including uh, exclusive watch parties of things like Happiest Season, which we did this weekend. Which we did um, that, yeah. And it was delightful. It was so, so much uh, fun. It was so much fun. So join Thank us there. Thank you for joining us. Yes. And um, uh, you can also go to Apple Podcasts for free. Uh, if you love the podcast, give us a five-star rating and write a nice review so that people find it and we spread happy gay joy in the world. Um, <laughs> that would be excellent. So, uh, Havlin, thank you again for, thank for you. joining us. Yay. Uh, it was fun. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.